Hey there, folks. You are now tuned in to the On Air Brands live podcast. I'm your host, Eric Cabral, here with the illustrious is, is, is Lisa and Josh. Is that a word? I just made it up, brother. Okay. We wanted you to spell it next time. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm super excited and pumped to be here because um, it's still a beautiful day and we're doing so many cool things. Lisa and I were here bright and bushy talking about all this stuff that's building, all this stuff that we're doing. But first off, some housekeeping items. We are here at The Hive in New Jersey, Trenton, New Jersey to be exact, 354 South Broad Street, a wonderful community that we have built. Isn't that cool? Because it's past tense, Lisa. Because yes. when we first got here roughly a year ago, uh, there was no one here. Now it's, it's packed. It's buzzing all the time. You're welcome, Chad. <laughs> and um, yeah, so go, yeah, we built this community here at The Hive, and it's a co-working space that has entrepreneurs and business owners all networking and growing together and uh, just having a blast. So I would highly check out HiveOffice.com to see uh, what we're doing because we've also created a studio and we have a space in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. We're going to do a whole ton of stuff there too. It's exciting. All How is that area, by the way? It's, it's, it's an know, area. It's what you would not expect. Like, so you think there's going to be horses and buggies. That's what I thought. There, there are, are some. No, yeah. dude, there's a, there is a, uh, city there. With like buildings, <laughs> say it isn't so. <laughs> and there's people, and there's restaurants. There are no people in there's Lancaster. A, there's a culture there that isn't what you would think it to be, um, with the Amish community, which is in full force. But they, yeah, they're, they're 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 amazing too. They're they're a bunch of real estate yeah. Amish real estate folks uh, out there. That's gonna um, that we're gonna be connecting with soon. Um, cool. But yeah, I just wanted to say thank you to Lisa and Josh for being here. But then also, uh, we have our esteemed guest here sitting yes. in the hot seat, Mr. Stephen Seymour of Vanguard Realty. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. How are you? Good, man. Thank Good. You, thank you. You're all the way from uh, a place in Pennsylvania, but not Lancaster, I imagine? Westchester, PA. Is that near? Uh, yeah, actually about 35, 40 minutes. Okay. No yeah. horses and buggies, though, in no. Westchester, no. No. I love Westchester. I'm I'm actually from there. Yeah. Well, you're from uh, a lot of places. I was born and raised in Yonkers. Um, and then my yeah, and then my formative years uh, were was upstate New York in Newburgh, but um, yeah, yeah, Westchester was always close because I had family cousins. Yeah, I got I got to be honest. I kind of say I'm wet from Westchester. It's it's not really true. I'm from Glen Mills, which is right next to Westchester. I say Westchester because yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. of course, yeah, the right. uh, New Yorker in me, whenever I hear Westchester, yeah. I think right. of only the bridge. Yeah. Yeah. No, the uh, Westchester, New York. No, but, I mean, the, oh, yeah, the yeah, exactly. Tappan Zee Bridge. Exactly. Oh, yeah, That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But not that Westchester. Mm-hmm. No. So what brings you uh, to schlep up to this uh, <laughs> area? Well, you guys invited me out, so I can't say no. Yeah? Yeah. And what this, if, this is your maiden voyage too on podcasting on air. That's true. That's that's Very pretty true. exciting. You've too. never sat as a guest or otherwise in front of a microphone before ever. Not at all. That's cool. Never really, this is like a this. special Dude. day. Really? I love it. Wow. Well, we're Welcome. honored to be your first. Oh, well, thank. It's you. always something special about. And that. you're playing the part <laughs> well so far. It looks like it's uh, it's made to fit. Good. But you are a um, for lack of a better word, you you speak right. You run events. Uh, yeah, I, I speak at some events about real estate, and I, I lead a real estate RIA, like a small RIA. Mm-hmm. 
out in the uh, Westchester area? Yeah, so we I led a sub-chapter for a local, lar- a larger RIA, national RIA, and then we, we broke off and just have our own small group. So it's just called Vanguard Real Estate Investors Meeting. We meet once a month at a restaurant bar in Westchester. It's, it's 30, 40, sometimes 50, 60 people. So that's a, a that's a good group. That's a good size. Yeah, we've got a, a great, you know, mix of newbie investors, but some, you know, experienced, experienced investors that have hundreds of properties as well that show up. So. So what do you do um, overall? Paint that picture for us. Well, uh, that's a hard one for me because I know it's kind of a patchwork. So I, I own a real estate brokerage, which is Vanguard Realty Alliance, and we have, uh, I think, 52 agents now. So. I started it initially in 2014 and this this business really happened by accident. Like I really didn't plan on having a business. I was an investor and a real estate agent and I got really sick of my broker saying, you can't do a subject two deal, that's illegal. And then I would say, well, why is line 203 on the HUD sheet, which we don't use the HUD anymore, but you know, why does that say subject to existing mortgage? And they'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> You're not allowed to do it. So I just got to the point where, you know, the broker was like, no lease options, no subject to deals, no wholesale deals. And I was like, why are my hands tied? So then that really forced me to get my broker's license, go out on my own. And when I did that and I started investing in, in properties in Westchester and the local areas and then leading this RIA, um, investors would come to the meeting and they'd be like, oh, so you're a broker. I got my license because I want to invest in real estate. So can I hang my license with you? And it just, it just happened that way. That's, so that's the first 15 or 18 people, something like that, all just coming from my RIA, just investors. You wanted to hang their license. Yeah. And it, it became this really powerful group of people. You know, I, I would say out of the 15, you know, 40% of them were millionaires. So it was like not, not just like run of the mill, but like investors that have their license. Right. And, and then, it, then it spiraled into just more agents asking me about the brokerage then agents saying, hey, I want to get into investing. I'm really in sales now, but I'd like to get into investing. And that's just really what shaped. So it really hasn't, it wasn't like, I didn't have a business plan. I didn't have any intention of growing it. And um, it's really just been all word of mouth up until this point. Uh, we're at 52 agents. So now I'm bringing on a, a partner to really help me scale it so that I can still stay focused on the investing side. I love how it came about, like you said, by accident. Some of the best businesses do come about that way. When you saw that beginning to be a thing, were you confident and knowledgeable to step into that? Or did you say, my goodness, I don't know really what's happening, but I have to figure this out as I go along. It it was literally just like how I said I couldn't say no to coming here, you know, when you invited me. Same thing. It was just one invitation after the next, someone asking, can I work with you? And and, and it it just grew. So it's not like I, I didn't, I didn't feel like I had to prepare for it or understand it. It was just, it was just the next step. It was just, it, it didn't happen that quick or anything, but at the beginning of this year we had 30, now we have 52. So we're, we're moving at a pretty quick, quick pace. And, you know, with the business being up for four years now, the first year was just me. Wow. Yeah. Second year was just me and one other agent, you know, and then three years in, then we had 15 and then, you know, now, well, three and a half years. Now we're, now we're like four and a half years in and, uh, 52 people. Did you feel like a leader? No, no. I mean, I, 
even when I started the real estate investor meeting, that happened by accident as well. This oh. all happened by accident. Go ahead. So <laughs> my- <laughs> Some would say, I, so, I, so does life. Right? Yeah, I came, I, I started going to the meeting in 2007 and I just came every month. I wouldn't miss a month. I'd, every single month I'd show up. And uh, the guy that was leading the, the meeting, Greg Davis, he actually was part of SJI for a while, I believe. Um, but he, he was like, Steve, I'm sick of doing this. He's like, it's a, it's a great opportunity. He's like, I'd love for you to take it over. So I took it over and I led it from 2011 uh, on. And when I say lead it, really just facilitate the meeting. Just like how you invited someone out today, just invite someone out that has some knowledge to share, get a group of people together. And, and it's just, you know, continued over time. And, awesome. and you morphed into what you, where you are today. Yeah, so. And that was really the. The starting point in a way is that my vision was always to have rental properties and okay. just have my rental property support my lifestyle. But, you know, not having money, how do you buy rental property? So I started flipping. And then when I got into the, you know, the real RIA meetings, then I then it just opened my eyes up to so many different avenues to make money. So I've dabbled in everything from, you know, seller financing. I have a note out there now where I'm lending money. I have, um, you know, property in my self-directed Roth IRA. I have rental properties, I have commercial properties, I have mixed use properties. So it's like, it, it's just a whole bunch of um, things that have come from uncovering the next rock. It was just one rock at a time, something new, excite me, I would do it, you know, and that's, that's really all it was. It nothing, th th my story is not that elaborate or that crazy or anything, but I've been, I feel like I've been, I'm really fortunate to, you know, at this point have six and a half million dollars in real estate. I'm 36 years old. I have a beautiful uh, fiance, nine-month-old son. Awesome. Uh, Congratulations. You know, so yeah, I, I, the, the lifestyle has just developed over time based upon one step at a time, you know. And, and at this point, it's like when you look back and you see, wow, I, I was here and now I'm here, then it really opens up your eyes to what's possible I, I with this business. I want to something, Stephen, that you said. Is it Steve or Steven? Steve. Steve. So there's something you said. You said, oh, my story is not that elaborate or unique. I beg to differ because you know how many people come into the real estate investing space and ask the very first question, aside from how do I get money or capital, um, should I get my license? Right, Lisa? And I was going to, that was going to be one of the questions I was going to ask you is yeah. that that is something it's people, they debate it on bigger All pockets. All the time. They debated yeah. that, you know. So you went yeah. down the path. So you did it. And you did it. And you became a real estate investor. So what was the order of it? You got your license first, then became an investor or invested and then got your. So yeah, I had the interest to get rental properties first. Okay. Then I got my real estate license. I was 23. I did got you take down any deals prior to getting your license? No. Okay. No, I, I got my I got my license in 2006. I did my first flip in 2008. Okay. And then I started buying rental properties in 2011. So you leveraged what you had, the MLS, all of the tools available no. to you? No. No. I I really it was the investors. It was the other investors that helped me get into it. It was an off-market deal. Mm. It was one of my dad's friends that was buying distressed assets from a local bank and he came across this property. He wholesaled it to me for 5 grand. And I bought wow. it for 39 and we sold it for 139 and I did it. It was a ton of work and I made very little money. And you did it, that <laughs> but, one you did yourself? Cause you said, yeah, you did I did a, a ton of, of the it, work yeah. myself. So I was doing sales to fill the gaps, but I really, even at that point, when I first got my license, I was going to go to Drexel. I got a scholarship to Drexel and then my dad got sick and I had to make money to help pay for my, help pay my parents. Um, so then once I started doing sales, then I really got like, all right, I can make this happen. So I could, I was doing, I think the first year 
that I was like full time. I did like two and a half million, which is not a lot, but it was enough. And I could see that. And then I could see the flips compounding. So I just, I just canceled going to Drexel altogether. I think that this is an interesting point, and and it's some of it what we see at like SJ Rea, people not wanting to kind of t take the first step, wanting to do something. But do you have a business background? Are you really just took one piece of information, and, and now you said you're doing notes, and I mean you're doing things that take a lot of knowledge, but you built into that. Is that basically what you're saying, or did you? Yeah, have I mean it's uh, this is now 13 years right. in real estate as a right. whole, so it's not like it's it's really not that much to learn in 13 years you know i could i feel like i've actually i feel like i'm going slow if you, you okay know, if you if you got my got in my mind and my perspective of things i've been very cautious but i've been around a lot of people and and once to me it's not about reading a book and understanding it. it's about seeing someone else that you know do it and right. saying shit i could do that i can do that too you know mm -hmm. if, if they did it i could do it and that's all it was just watching someone else do it and then do it but no, I don't have any business background. So th I think that's an important point because it means that you really can take this information and you can make it your own and then translate it into transactions and building building wealth and and um, equity in all these properties. And you didn't have you didn't come with an MBA. No, right? no, not at all. And I don't think you. That's the thing is I feel like buying rental properties is such a proven strategy. You don't need to be intelligent. You don't need to do anything different. You don't need to reinvent the wheel you just have to do it right and the biggest thing that people you know get stopped with is I don't have enough they have this negative thought process in their head where it's not enough well guess what I still have that right you know it's enough money enough yeah, knowledge it, enough enough it's usually enough money like okay. you know I, I'm gonna buy a building oh do I have enough so in two weeks I settle on a building for 417,000 I haven't even lined up the money but I know it's an email or phone call away and for me, that just is what it is. So I always just make the commitment, then find the money. And that's how I've done it. Everyone does it differently. Right. But, you know, I've bought houses where I'm not going to be proud of this. And depending on my private lenders <laughs> listening, but, you know, this was at the beginning of my career where after I would bought the house, I had four, $4 in my bank account, but I had a $15,000 Home, De Home Depot line of credit and I had all the time in the world. So I was going to make it happen. Right. So it was just, it was just doing it. There's yeah. so many things in there. Oh, wow, um, I know. I know. <laughs> Two things. First was that I love how from the very beginning when you were just a solo investor, you found opportunity and you kept your eyes open for it or it found you, hit you over the head, and you grabbed it. And it seems like that that's so important at what you continue to do. And also the idea that you pointed out that so many people you hear from have the wrong thought process. How important consciously today for you is mindset and having the right thoughts go through your head? I think, I think it's everything because, you know, I could, for, for, for example, in Westchester, you know, everyone that comes to my RIA, no one really wants to, everyone says they want to invest in, in Westchester, but then they say, oh, we can't find a good deal here. So for me, that's like the perfect mindset for them to keep so that I can buy the deals there. Because <laughs> it's like, no, I right. will find a deal here and there's deals everywhere. There you go. You know, so it's just, it's, it is a hundred percent in your thinking and you know, it, it, it just goes down to these old principles. If there's a will, there's a way. So if there, if you really have the desire to do it, then you'll make it happen. And I think where most people just aren't clear on the level of their desire and what they want and the specifics of that. So then they, they can't even get their mind right because they're not really sure what they want. So I just got clear that I wanted rental properties. And if I was going to buy rental properties, I wanted nice rental properties. 
because if I'm going to have a tenant buy me an asset, why not have them buy me a nicer asset? That's kind of how I thought about it. So my average rental property is like a $350,000 house versus, wow, okay. you know, a lot of the, the investors that I saw, I didn't actually watch them and copy them. I watched them, took what I thought was smart and then changed it and made it for myself. And I'm not saying my strategy is the best. It's not for everyone, but to be able to have, you know, uh, $350,000 asset purchased by a tenant versus a $25,000 or a $50,000 house and deal with a certain tenant base in that lower end market was not for me. You found what worked for you, what made most sense for you, and then you focused on that. Yeah, it's just what and I believed in the most. I just saw it and I, I looked at the properties that were 50000 and they had great cap rates, but I didn't want the house. I just, I, I don't want to own this property. Right. You want to feel good. So it sounds like it's, you want to feel good about it. You want, you want to feel, you want to have that sense of reward that you, you know, that in the end that you will own that property and you'll be, it, it'll be an asset that you want. Most of the versus, properties I bought before I even looked for them, I just walked by them and I said, I want that property. Okay. Like the office building that I'm in, right. it was, it was where we started renting. The, the moment I walked in that property, when I met the owner, the landlord, I said, I'd love to buy this property if you'd ever consider selling it. And now you're buying it. I, I, I've owned it for two years oh, now. You, two okay, and a half you years. did buy it. Okay. Seller financed at 4%. Oh, wow. Wow. It's, so it's just, it's just, love it. that I, I built most of my, I did about 28 houses in, you know, a small section, right? And most of them were from walking my dog, talking to the neighbors, just seeing a house saying, hey, I'd like that. I'd like to have that house. It's close. So, you know, I've done a bunch on the same street and. Yeah. Nothing crazy, but it's just it's just being in it and and knowing what you want. I wanted to buy in that neighborhood, so I moved into that neighborhood. Josh Carey's uh, chomping at the bit. He asked a question. <laughs> Sorry. Cool. I know. Like, I know. Once I start drinking dutch. coffee, it's I okay. can go on and no, on. So no, no, it's all good. Take, take, I, I know take my Josh. I was yourself. gonna say, you know my subtleties. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, get in there. I'm <laughs> drooling. I'm like, yeah. go for I it, Josh. Get in there. Drum roll. No pressure. No, no pressure. The, the idea that you approached the um, office building owner and said it, it wasn't up for sale, right? There was no, no. sign. No, you, I was renting an office for 500 from him right. for my real estate brokerage. And, and you, yeah, and you've yeah. also done that with houses. There, there, there's no real sign, but it was your desire and you took the approach. I want to connect that to the larger entrepreneur business mind where what is it for all of us that we can put in place there that you don't have to wait for, for something, right? What, what is it? What am I getting at here? Yeah. You what did to, he do? You sort of have to take the opportunities or create them, right? So am I going where you want to go? Because this is exactly Who knows? what a lot of people are. And, and just to give you some perspective, Steve, um, from our listeners vantage point, a lot of them are in W2s. Um, a lot of them are people that want to take the leap and start their own thing and create something and, and, and have freedom for themselves and their families. Um, so to those people, we're, we're, we're trying to inspire and, and, and to let them know that, like you said earlier, if I can do it, so can you. You know, I don't have a, an MBA. I don't have all the, do the documents hanging on my wall that tell you that I'm smarter than you. Um, I figured it out. If I could figure out how to invest or I can figure out how to start a business, you know, so can you, especially in this day and age where all the tools are available to you. 
right? Everything is out there. You just need to find your tribe, find the people that you trust, find the people that you can align yourself with so you can feel comfortable to do what it is you're trying to do, you know? So, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, whether it's real estate investing or, yeah. or any, anything, any business, you know, I'm right. talking to, to someone the other day and he wants to start a Amazon FBA. It's like you know, fulfilled by Amazon. Yeah. And you know, it's similar to real estate, just educating yourself, you finding the right people that are doing it and then just model what they're doing, you know, and then you'll have success. And the thing is what a lot of, what trips a lot of people up is the fear, mm, right? It's like, right. I know, I, what if I screw it up? Mm. What if I lose money? What if you just paid Hey, that was the school of hard knocks. My friend, you right. just spent money investing in real estate or education, whatever it is to learn something. Right. And if you don't take that action, take that step, um, like you said, it, it's okay to fail. It's not a fail as long as you learn and, and, and get that lesson from it. Looking back on, you know, the 40 plus years of my life before I was decently healthy, which I think I'm getting on a better track now, but looking back, I've made tons of mistakes, financial mistakes, emotional mistakes, all kinds of mistakes, physical mistakes. And now I'm, I'm not beating myself up. I'm like, oh my God, I needed that to learn. Now I know what not to do. So be it. Now we're going to, you know, I still got time. I'm still here. Absolutely. Right <laughs> now, it, now it's working. Yeah. Yeah. Finally. It's awesome. And it's surrounding yourself with the right people. I mean, there's so many different things that we can focus on, but one of the pieces of the puzzle for, you know, any type of blueprint for success is aligning yourself with the right people, you know, doing what Steve did here, you know, uh, get yourself in front of the room by creating an, uh, if, if there isn't a group in your area, or if you don't like the group in your area, start your own, create your own. People will come as long as you put it together and you start adding value to people's lives and their business, they will follow you. Trust me. It's happening. It's happened to me multiple times. It's happened to Steve. Just do it and don't think too much about it. You know, don't get stuck in the analysis by paralysis. Yeah. You have to step up, step into that role. And that's, I think that's, yeah, and what, one thing I'll say is, you know, everyone listening to this, they're listening to us. What we really need to do is listen to ourselves. Mm, go ahead. And, and that's, that's where you can transcend fear because there's going to be an argument for someone to, to say the exact opposite of what I just said. Go into, you know, a $50,000 neighborhood because you're sure. going to get a higher ROI. You're going to have someone else that says, no, you should be in a middle market. You should, you should be in this market. You should be in that market. And there's every, all this information and that paralyzes us. It paralyzes us because we're waiting for that next piece of information that's going to make us know, and we're never going to know. So it's stepping into the unknown. That's the biggest fear. And really, you just have to you just have to quiet your mind, listen to yourself. So that's why I was saying at the beginning, it's more than just like knowing what your real desires are. Because is are you buying this? You know, am I buying a nice property for the ego? Maybe, but. Really what it is, is I actually like those properties. Like I'd live in them and the desire transcends the fear of moving forward. So I'm going to make it work. I'm going to make the numbers happen. I'm, you know, I'm not saying that you can just create something out of nothing all the time. You have to look at the facts. I'm not, I'm not saying to just, you know, go by your gut feeling all the time and not fact check it. But at the same time, if you fact check too much and you don't go by your gut, then you'll never take action. That's where I see these guys coming to my meetings for two, three years. Sure. Oh, I'm going to do this. And then they get all the information and then it doesn't line up exactly what they want. And then they do all, and then they look for the next thing and then they do all their research on that. And then that doesn't happen. So, and then five, 10 years later, you know, I have a six and a half million dollar portfolio when they didn't do any deals because they're just, and they're, they're the engineer brain. They're, they're, you know, which that's what I was going to school for, but, 
to me, it's just going back to like trusting your gut. So I've, you know, I've heard this saying where you have three brains, you have your head, your heart, and your gut. And when all three of those are lining up and saying, this is what I should do, then you pull the trigger. And that's, it's that simple, you know? So then when the fear creeps in, because as soon as you make that decision, that's when the fear really creeps in. Oh my God, what did I just do? Yeah. You just got to let that voice just play in the background and just keep moving forward. There's a couple things there that I just wanted to highlight. So he's talking about, um, you know, making a decision, right? So there's different types of people out there. You know, there are people who are very analytical and then there are people who are going, they go on gut, right? So people need to get all the facts and, and make sure that all the ducks are in order and everything makes sense on paper before they make a decision. And then there are people like me who just like, yeah. I'll do it. <laughs> well, how much is it? You know, which that can bite you in the ass too. But the thing is, I always use an exercise um, that, uh, that I put out there, which I only recently <laughs> came across, which, you know, and, and good for you. Uh, God bless you if you figured this out earlier than I did, because this really helps those folks who get stuck in analysis by paralysis is whenever analyzing a deal or a partnership or a relationship, anything, any decision that you need to make, uh, just decide and ask yourself, what's the best thing that can happen as a, as, as me making this decision? What's the worst thing that could happen as me, you know, as a result of making this decision and what's the most likely thing somewhere in the middle that will happen if I make this decision. And most likely if you can live with the thing in the middle, then you're good. Make that decision. And the thing is, that's your gut. Your yet your gut already knows on the back end from your experience, from all the stuff you've read, from all the people that you've talked to. Your gut is already analyzed that. But if you want to make yourself feel better, do that quick, simple exercise. But trust me, your gut already made that decision. That's the middle. That's I, it's yeah. so powerful. And even just to step back and have a process for decision making, right? Because like. That, that's where if your vision of what you want is clear enough, then when something, an opportunity presents itself, you're going to know right away. And then it's just dealing with the fear. Yeah, I want to highlight it's, also a thing that you yeah. said is also for new investors and anyone who's new in business is you want to make sure that your goals are solid. So a lot of people have analysis by process because they don't have set goals. They don't have, like Steve said, I... I'm going to focus only on buy and hold, right? People come into the game and they're like, I, I don't know, I want to fix and flip. Oh, maybe I want to do buy and hold. Oh, maybe I want to wholesale. Oh, maybe I want to do notes. The reason you can't make a decision and what's having you're having difficulties because you haven't focused yet. You haven't realized you what, don't know what your you goal want. is. Yeah, you don't know what you shiny like, like what Steve said about that commercial property. If that was already on the list and he already knew that is something that I want to accomplish then it's quick, it's easy to make the decision because so, it's, it's on paper, it's in your head. So there's such a powerful thing about just putting it on paper because, and here's, Absolutely. here's an example. So, um, I put down on my goal list, I guess this was 2016 that I want to buy a commercial property. That's all I did. I just want to buy a commercial property. I didn't really put too many specifics in there. And lo and behold, three months later, one of my agents calls me at nine o'clock in the morning. And he said, Steve, there's a, there's a property going to sheriff sale in Exton, PA, which is 15 minutes from Westchester. Um, he said, it's uh, <clears throat> he said, it looks like a really good deal. Let me know what you think. I said, all right. So I had an appointment at, I think 10 o'clock. I was like, so I run in, run in my office real quick, pull up my laptop, pull the comps. I call him back and I'm like, eh, it looks like it's probably worth about like 1.8, 1.9 million. I said, the, the most we could possibly do is 1.2 or you, the most you should pay is 1.2. And just because you're buying cash at the sheriff's sale, all this, 
So I call him back, tell him this. He says, um, would you partner with me on this? And I was like, mm. so like the fear kicked in because wow. I didn't have the, I didn't have 1.2 million in the bank. So I said, I said, I'll partner with you on it. He said, I'll put up the hand money, which is 10%, 120,000. And then he said, as long as you help me figure out the rest, let's do it. So he never bought a commercial property before either. Well, guess what? We bought it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and it just, it, it was because it, that goal was there that it was on my list. And I'm not saying that's why it happened. Like maybe, maybe I will. let's, let's say, I will let's I'll say, say that. let's say you yes. believe in God Amen and it was that. prayer. Yeah, right. or let's say you believe in the law of attraction yeah, through the secret. That. Maybe that right. what it was, or maybe it was the reticular activating system in the back of my brain that once I put it down on paper, then it I could see it real. in front of me. Well, smart man. I could see the, I mm -hmm. could see the Speaking opportunity there. Right. Like when you buy a new car and then that's all you see, it's Correct. the same thing. It's right. that the car yeah. was there. It was statistically it was just as many of them out there. You just yes. saw it, but it's because I put it on paper. So however, whatever yes. your thought process is time and time again, you know, for years, so many years, everyone's said it's so important to put the, your goals down on paper. And that's the first thing. So I, I put that yes. down. Now, would that opportunity have presented itself if I didn't? Yes, I do believe it would have. Would I have taken the action and gone through the fear? No, I don't think so. That's because the, I said yeah. I was going to do it. So right. it was just doing what I said I was going to do versus what I felt like doing, which was not dealing with it because I had so much other stuff on my plate. Right. And it, and it's what you wanted. Same. Right. Same thing. I, I want to highlight the goal thing here yeah. because um, I, I recently finished a book called Wealth Can't Wait by David Osborne. I highly recommend reading it. Um, it's like uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad 2.0. So um, he mentions in there about how he wrote a I don't know, 20 goals down at the beginning of the year. And he put the paper away in his drawer and forgot about it. And then like a year, a little over a year later, he was cleaning out the drawer and he found it. And he was like, holy crap, I accomplished half of them. I did 10 of these things of the 20. That's so amazing because it was in the back of my mind. It was subconscious. But imagine if I kept checking it. Imagine if I kept looking at my goals throughout the year, I would have done probably all of them, if not more. So I just wanted to highlight what you said. I mean, goal writing and goal setting is really, really powerful. Uh, because it's a constant reminder of what you're what you're setting out to do. And if you're constantly, like Steve said, putting it out there, thinking about it and 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 through your networks, talking about what you're trying to accomplish, the universe and the people around you help you to make that happen. And this what you're watching and listening to right now is a perfect example <laughs> of how the universe aligned with me and my goals. We're Preacher. sitting here, we're talking, we're all networking, we're all creating business together because what happened? This wasn't here a year ago, right? This no. didn't exist, but in my head. If I may, me and Eric met uh, a mere six months ago. It's crazy, right? And like six years ago. Yeah, prior to that, I already had a goal um, that I, I wanted to achieve. Having met you, I think we were both surprised that my goal and some of what you were already doing and working towards went like this. And I'm like, oh my God, I, this is literally the answer. I don't need to uh, look to do this alone. This is, this, is, this is literally, I'm coming into this world now. So that I'm, I'm also in that world where yeah. one of my goals is being uh, formed with you and See, through isn't you. That amazing, right. Yeah. And, and it's same, just, yeah. same thing with Lisa. You know, she had some goals. She wanted to start marketing and putting herself out there, be a part of a show, but not necessarily starting her own show. And then she was like, how can I help you? And how can I jump in? And then it was like, well, yeah. why don't, and then we just figure right, it all out. All kind of 
put it and together. And one of the things I do every usually this time of year, I kind of start putting it on paper. But I, and I, you know, I've gotten me like people tease me about it, but I create a vision board. I love and it. And I do it on PowerPoint. I don't do anything, you know, and l I keep it in my bathroom. And every day I see it, mm. and it's just like you know what things that I want to accomplish, things that I want to feel good about, the, you know, things that I just want to keep reminding myself of. And I do that every January. And then it's kind of neat looking at the end of the year visually, like, you know, if the goal is to, um, you know, to travel someplace or to do something, it's then you're like, wow, I crossed that off the list. Yeah. And I crossed this. And all of a sudden, you know, my son had even my son got into it because I had him becoming an Eagle Scout on there. And he went in, he goes, Mom, look. And he crossed it out. Wow. And I was like, mm -hmm. see? Just be careful what you put on your vision. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very careful. That's so true. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling that right now. Um, yes. Well, that's the thing. Because yeah. really, like, yeah. You, you got to have the systems, the process, yeah. the foundation yeah. set uh, before you, yeah, because the But I'm interested you said that. You yeah. Yeah, be so careful. I, well, I think it's just, it's it's really, really powerful. It's, it's a lot more powerful than what people think it is because, you know, yeah. it's, is it all, scary, yeah. you know, is it yeah. pie in the sky? I, I don't know. You know, are you into this rah-rah, um, sure. non-tangible thinking? It's, I don't know. But the reality is look at it and ask people that have done it. Because you, if you haven't done it, then you won't know. Right. I've done three vision boards, okay. so I'm on my third. My first two I, I had to get rid of because every single piece of it had a piece of blue tape on it. Because that means it was, every time something happened, I'd put blue tape on it. That's, That's a so, good idea. You know, okay. and, and this... This is why the, I think the reason why it's so important is because we, we, we can't really hold a vision very long. It's very difficult. Like try to imagine yourself riding on a boat and like just feeling the waves and and the water spraying up like you can hold that for like 15 seconds. Maybe maybe if you're really pretty, if you've if you've done some work on your mind. Right. But that's it's hard. hard to hold a vision like that. But that's what creates the desire. Mm -hmm. And that's what creates the intention. Yeah. And then the intention is what creates our thoughts. And then our thoughts shape our actions, which shapes our habits, which shapes our results. So it's I just, like this guy. It's just, <laughs> yeah. a, it's just all I'm like, go, but go, you, you go, need, go. You need the desire. It's not just thoughts become things. Thoughts become things if there's no other equal and opposing thoughts. So, yeah, if you could imagine that yacht and not let any other thoughts get in your way, you'd build your desire to make it happen. But what happens is it's the law of diminishing intent. So we intend on something to happen, but unless we're able to hold that vision, right. it diminishes over time. And that's the power of the vision board. It's a constant reminder, mm -hmm. but you need to know why it's so important. Cause if you don't believe in this kind of things, there's actually some science to it. And when you, when you start looking at how the brain works and, and your thoughts, and then you see what, you know, your, your thoughts or your actions, that's, that's pretty obvious. I mean, we, the, the reason someone has habits is because they think about those habits and they create them in their life. So I think we just have a an on air brands exercise yeah, that's going into the new the new year. That's mic drop. Vision um, boards for everyone. Yeah. So I I you know this is all year for round for me. It's not necessarily a new year thing because it's constant. It's constantly happening. It's constantly reevaluating, tweaking, modifying as we go every single day, every single week and month. Because what happens is um, you know and and, and not poo pooing what you're saying, Lisa. Um, it it sort of 
creates complacency. So I spoke to somebody who said, in the new year, I'm going to start doing this. Mm. And I'm like, I look at my, I'm like, it's, it's October, I brother. know. Mm. You got three months. To what? Why are to, you waiting for I 2020? Know. Fair yeah. point. You Fair know what I'm point. saying? Yeah. Like, do it now. What True. can you do now to set you up so that when 2020 comes, you're already ahead of the game? I don't even want to recognize October when it's 2020, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, that's... Yes and no. Like goal setting, that's all great. Vision board's great, but do it all the time. V review it constantly. I, I wanted to go back to what you were saying when about the vision board and like you have goals set and you constantly remind yourself about them. And then I was talking about before you said that um, aligning yourself with people who want to help, and then the universe comes. The universe being people Absolutely. come together to help you accomplish and achieve those goals. Well, if you surround yourself with the right people. We have meetings constantly where I'm like, hey, Lisa, what are your goals? Josh, what are your goals? I want to align with your goals so that I'm achieving you, helping you get to where you want to go and you help me with where I want to go. You, 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 my point is you need people. You need teams. You need people around you that love what you are trying to do. And then you can merge your goals together and get there at the same time way faster than you can do things by yourself. And how are people supposed to know what, you, uh, what your goals are? Share them. Yeah, put them out there. Don't be put afraid. Put them out there. You Say it out loud. Them. Don't be afraid to Say share them. Say it out them. loud. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so another, it's like I, I talk to people all the time. Another one was saying to me, um, I have an idea. I want to accomplish it, but I don't want to say anything yet. Uh, right? <laughs> right? You yeah. come across yeah. people like yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay, I'm not saying that this will work for you, but I'm telling you it works for me is I put it out there because it holds me accountable. Right. I throw it out there because other people hear it and then they say, oh, that sounds really cool. Can I help you? Can I join you? If you keep it to yourself, what, accountability yeah, is missing. It's, 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 fear. Fear. it's fear. What are they going to think right. if I don't yeah. do it? Right. right. You know, my version of this, I spent decades very unhealthy, like we've said, in all situations. And I've always heard, oh, you got to write down your goals. You have to write them down. No, there was always that resistance. Now I see for obvious reasons. But now I'm, I'm very much in tune with that. My version of that is what works for me perfectly, and I've been doing this for months, is I have the High Performance Planner, which is a daily big notebook planner. Brendan Burchard, shout out to him. Maybe you know him. It's his planner. Um, high Performance Planner. And every day it's a two-page spread that really puts you in line, gets you focusing on the right things, the the 10,000-foot view and the... 50 foot view and everything in between and keeps you there and it's part calendar and part all of that stuff. And then at the end of the day, it has you reviewing what worked and what you can feel good about. What are you focusing on? Who can you call? Who can you lead? What do you need to know? Who do you need to know? What do you need to do? All of that. And I just love it. It works for me. Yeah. So cool. What, so I, I'm, I am relating to the people who are listening who have W-2s or people who are in a job and you're like, how does this apply to me? You know, I don't, I'm not an entrepreneur. I don't have a business. Um, and, and there is a challenge there because when you're in a company, you're working for a big, big company, they have their own vision board. They have their own pillars and, get, and core values that you have to indoctrinate into your life and you have to align with their goals to accomplish, you know, to move that big ship to where they're trying to move. So yes, it can be challenging, but it doesn't mean that you can't start your own 
thing on the side. You, it doesn't mean that you can't create. So, uh, Stephen, did you, when you started your company, were you working at another? So you didn't just jump into business. I am a very unique breed. I I the only time I had a real job was at Wawa, and it was only it I was only Wawa. about three months. It was short lived. <laughs> I, yeah. I wouldn't Wawa. I would not I wear I wouldn't wear the uniform. And the gobbler is back, by the way. <laughs> but, but I I get yours. I just. I'm like a nonconformist in a sense. I wouldn't wear the uniform, so it wasn't going to work. Um, <laughs> I wanted them to change their policy on, on my uniform, right? But no, so, so really, I think one thing we're talking about here is like... Do you have like, enough pins? What was that movie with the yeah. office space? Yes, you know, yes. Mike Judge. Yeah, so yeah. if you're listening to this and thinking, oh, well, he's different. That's why I work for him. That's your BS Correct. thought process that's going to keep you stuck. Thank you. So if that's what you're thinking, then you're probably not going to be in this business. But if you can catch that thought and say, you know what, I'm going to create a new thought around that, that yes, he's different, or yes, everyone that does this is different because every single human being is different, but I'm going to take my strengths and I'm going to apply them. I'm going to make this happen. And for me, really where it came down to, it was pain. It was pain that caused the, the transformation in my mind from you know living in a delusional world that life was just going to happen for me. Right. And then and what really where that pain set in was actually when I decided to drop out of, of college and help pay for my parents. My dad. Mm. So my dad's dad, he died when he was four years old, when my dad was four. Wow. So my grandfather passed away when my dad was four years old. They were in a car accident. A drunk driver hit the car. Ouch. My dad literally his head broke the windshield. Oh, your dad at four was in the car. My dad was in the car. His head broke the windshield and he landed in a bush 20 feet away. He, he lived. His dad died. It was just oh the two of them in no, the car. My oh, grandma wow. was in the car as well. Wow. So my dad's uh, my grandma spent, I think, three months in the hospital. My dad spent six months in the hospital. I think he had like 40 some broken bones Jeez. in a body cast for the first, um, you know, for six months from when he was four years old. Right. Mm -hmm. Gets out of the hospital. His cousin was playing with his uncle's rifle, oh, shot him in the legs back in the hospital. Wait, who shot who? My, my dad's cousin. Your, your so my dad just got out of the hospital, and then his cousin, and, and it was all an accident. But I'm just saying, so let's, I, I know this sounds so off topic, but really what it was is, you know, growing up as a kid, I didn't really know my dad's story. But as I, as I started growing up a little bit, I started getting his story and realizing all he went through. Mm. His, his mom, my grandma, was a single mom, hostess at Holiday Inn. She worked until she was 72 years old, and she passed away. She never retired. My dad worked from when he was 14 years old. He's still alive. So, you know, I, I, the way I'm talking about it, I hope it doesn't sound like he's not here. But he worked from when he was um, 14 years old till when he was 62. And he was di diagnosed with leukemia. Right. And I just saw him getting sick and I was like, man, that was his life. This this human soul came into this world dealing with all the suffering, work, 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 never really got vacations just because he just the way he, you know, he was. He was just hardwired to work, 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 work. And and then he was a great dad around for us. But what really caused the pain was seeing, man, was that really what his life was for just to work and then die? And if if you're driving to work listening to this or you're stuck at you know maybe maybe you're listening to this at work and your boss isn't happy but if you know deep down inside there's something more for your life then how can that fear of letting that go by not outweigh the fear of potentially failing and that's that's what you have to do is you, have to, you just have to bring up that fear most people don't want to go into it but you, you got to think it look at look at how your parents life was right more than likely you're kind of replicating what you learned at an early age and and say 
was I brought onto this life to, to make this better, like to evolve as a human and bring more value to the world and experience more and, and, and put it out there, um, for other people to be able to be inspired and, and, and them grow personally. That's to me where it kind of kicked in is seeing that I just, I deep down inside, I felt like my life was more than just work. Right. And I'm not trying to, um, diminish what my dad did. I think it's totally respectable and he did an, an amazing job, always had food on the table. Uh, but for me, it was just like, how can, and for me to be able to make a difference, what's going to have to happen? I'm going to have to create financial freedom. So I have time to, to make the difference, to do these things, to, to get my voice out there, to be able to be in front of people. Yeah. It's powerful stuff. Man. That's amazing. That's a really, really strong backstory. And this is his first and, time behind a mic, yes. ladies wow. and gentlemen. Yeah. And this is okay. the, the, you 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 said initially that this was so out of your comfort zone and oh, you wow. have so much to say. Yeah, tons, tons. So much to say, powerful stuff. It's and I'm glad we got a lot of it out. Um, and I'm sure there's a shit ton more. Um, but what's cool to summarize everything you said is basically a strong why. It really is. Yeah. 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 But I think the reason that a lot of people don't go there is because it's painful to oh, look yeah. at it. So mm-hmm. you, you look at it and then you just avoid it. Yeah. But if you want to build a muscle, how do you build it? You, you have to tear it down. It's painful. If you got sore, you got results, right? So With you know, pain is growth. Though. Yeah. yeah. So, so when you think about what, what are the things it, you know, in your life that are your biggest sticking points, use leverage. And that leverage could be pain. Look at the pain of what it would be like if it doesn't change. Not to do, not to take action, not yeah. to, not to t- take that first step. Look at your probable, almost certain future. If you don't make change in your life, we're all hoping the world's going to change it. it. You're hopeful. That's, that's like hope. I'm not, this, like playing this, the lottery. Yeah. I mean, it's not a good strategy. Well, it's, it's just not taking control, right? right? You, it's, it's you, not taking ownership. And it's just saying, you know what, if things happen, you know, this is how it is. You know, it's like, it's not, it doesn't have to be but, that way. But it's hope, really hope can keep us stuck because yeah. we actually think it's going to get better. The universe will intervene. Life is not going to get better yeah. unless you get better. Yeah. I was in that rut for many, many years. And thankfully, what, and it's not a unique story, but thankfully what the universe put in front of me were two adoring children that I have today. And that that was, you know, still being in the early part of their lives, still being the angry, depressed, lost, miserable, frustrated, confused person, seeing them, I said, oh, no, 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 no. I got to step out of this. I'm not going to continue to be this person in front of them and with them and for them. And that forced me into the change. It's awesome. But yeah. you listened. You, you know, oh, my God, you were yeah. Willing to yeah listen, I, I guess some people powerful. still, that's right. still not enough. But for me, that was like, ah. And I'm like, yes, powerful. I got it. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to, yeah. I'm not going to, yeah. It's not about me anymore. Yeah, I'm going to do better for you guys. And uh, yeah. I, I know I'm capable of doing that. So yeah, here we go. It's focusing on what matters most. It's prioritizing and really looking is. at it. Yeah. You know, we're just, we're, we're bombarded by things all the time to keep us in a delusion so we don't look at what's most important to ourselves and social media and all that really takes you away from being present with what's so we're escaping reality people have done it for for years and years with tv well now it's social media right and and it's just an escape route from looking at what your life is really like because it's painful and everyone has that pain but if you don't look at it then you'll never really you'll never really build the grit to change it and you won't grow love it yeah, I, I, I'm shocked because this is the first time he's had headphones and yes, a mic in front of him. 
And he sounds like, you know, he's this is like Tony Robbins or oh, some so super true. life-changing person that's like they do this every day. So it's weird that you don't have your own show, brother. But um No, he's he, yeah, he's yeah. on that path. <laughs> it's crazy because there's because well, the thing I is I do it I do it through real estate. Real estate's just yeah. a vehicle. But, oh, yeah, absolutely. but the intention is to make a difference, right? Cuz yep, to 100%. me that's what I realized. If my life is for more, what is it? And yeah. and really I've just boiled it down to making a difference for others because then it feels like my worth was my life was worthwhile versus just making money or just working or just this. So real estate happens to be a vehicle. I, you know, since I have the knowledge in that now, that's, that's the path I chose, but ultimately it's really just making a difference. And how amazing is it to be a new father? It's amazing. Oh. It's absolutely amazing. It's nine months. Old, yeah. Yeah. How, how, nine months. Nine, nine months. months old, yeah. Right? Yeah. My son Cruz. Yeah. No, no, I listen. Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Cruises. You're a good listener. That is yeah, your yeah, just like you were saying, when you had kids, like it, it absolutely changes your perspective and changes your world. And it, it, it's it's forced me to have this deep, deep down desire to get better as a person. Like, like who who can I be for him? Right. Not just not just who can I be for myself. And mm. like you said, it you know kind of takes you outside of yourself. And I think that that's where people really shine is when they get out of their own way and realize that it's not all about them. My ego has got me in trouble many times. and Oh, has it? Yeah. For another show, perhaps. <laughs> so, but I think for all of us to just look at what, what really matters most is the relationships that we have. And, you know, when you look at that and you focus on the relationships and what you want, it's ultimately time with the people that care the most, right? That, right. You, that you care about the most and that care about you. And for that to happen, what, is, what do you need to do in your life to make that happen? Well, he's going to watch every step you take, every move you make. So true. And you, the path that you're setting now is a very healthy path for him. And you'll bring that to him because he'll absorb it all. It is amazing the, the, the ability that children have to just take in their surroundings and absorb it all. And they are watching everything. And that's and their they default. Everything. They don't yes. have to try right. to. It, it, just, it happens. just happens. Yeah. It just happens. Yeah. And it's amazing. And you know what? I think as adults, we almost have to train ourselves to do the same thing around like-minded people, around people that mm. are trying to accomplish the same nice goals, time. right? Yeah, you, you, you mimic, you know, right. what you're exposed to, what you see. And I think a lot of, uh, the for us, the reasons we got into, you know, being entrepreneurs is that inspiration for our the next generation, you know. And I wanted to instill that, you know, through action and um, just doing it every single day, even though I may, like I always complain to you, Lisa, I'm present, but I'm not present because there's just so much going on. And so, you is, know, hey, yeah. daddy, can you, you know, put this dress on and have some tea? <laughs> and, and I'm like, I'm here, but I'm not here. I, you know, but the thing is the fact that she gets, she comes to the studio, she sees, you know, oh, daddy's going to work. And the thing is, eventually she's going to realize and your kids as well, you know, this, wow, you know, mommy or daddy has their own company, has their own buildings, have their own, they've done all this and that's inspiration when they get old enough to understand, you know, it's been instilled uh, from day one for them. And um, hopefully that inspires them to do what we're doing or if not more, um, rather than jumping into that industrial mindset, get in line, be a factory worker. That's a whole topic for another episode because that's where I fell. I just landed into corporate America and waste, not wasted, but I learned a ton. But you know, you know, two decades of falling in line, you know, keeping my mouth shut and raising my hand when I'm supposed to ask a question, um, you know, and that's not what I wanted for my kids. So you know, and I know a lot of us, um, you know, 
follow that same sort of mindset. And yeah, I mean, this is where we are. This is an amazing show. Wow. We're going to have to land this bird. I know. And um, how can people reach you, Lisa? They can reach me at lisaholbert.com. All my information is on there. Awesome. Mr. Josh, Josh. Carey. Hello, Mr. Josh Carey. Oh, hi. Good to see you. Yeah, yes. we're here. Of course you are. Joshcarey.com has it all. That's awesome. And you, brother, thanks for coming. See, yes, you know what? Before, we, before Steven gives his uh, his plugs out there, he's amazing. If, if you're listening to this and you see, like you're here and you jumped in in the middle, uh, this was not the first time he was on the mic. Somewhere, somewhere in another life, he was on a mic. <laughs> but uh, I also wanted to point out, I kept looking over at you when you were talking. I'm like, he looks like somebody. Who he, Who does he look like? Bradley I'm like, Cooper, I'm sure you no. got. Oh, I wish. Hugh <laughs> Jackman. No? Hugh Jackman. Jackman. Yeah. So you yeah. guys are. Oh, oh, yeah. I thought it was going to be someone like Jack Nicholson or something. No, you Jackman. No. Have you ever no, got? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You ever get no, that no, one? No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Does he look like you, Jackman? Uh, I see some. Yeah, with the, right. Right. Put yeah. the Wolverine yeah. hair on. Yeah. Him. Start singing. I thought it was going to be a negative. <laughs> negative. No, it's one. good. Man. Oh, it's a good. Thing. Um, no. I appreciate that. Yeah, how can now, people reach you, bro? Now my face is turning red. Well, <laughs> honestly, the best way to get me is text because I don't have SteveSeymour.com. You could go to our website, but the best way to actually get a hold of me is going to be texting me, which is four eight four. 880-1236. If you text me and, you know, have a comment or something, or you want to schedule a 15 minute, you know, brainstorming session to get clear on your vision, I'm happy to offer that out. Uh, you know, hopefully if, if this made, if this resonated with you at all, then please, you know, reach out to me. And I am looking at his profile on the, on the shot here. And I, I do see Hugh, Hugh Jackman. Jackman. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I see it. Yeah. <laughs> now, now all the ladies are like, wait a minute. Yeah. I was we'll listening to, to this. Hugh. I need to pull over. <laughs> and, yeah, and, don't, and you'll, you'll, don't pull over. You'll be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks so much folks for tuning in and for listening and watching. This is the on air brands podcast. You can find us on on air brands live on Facebook. You can find us on onairbrands.com. And if you want to be a part of our wonderful experience through Podmax, um, you can check out podmax.co where uh, we put in one room a ton of podcasters and entrepreneurs um, to share and to help each other grow. So check that out, podmax.co. And thanks for listening. Have a good week. Thanks, guys. Nice. This is great. Hello, this is Josh McCowan, CEO of Viva May Hospitality and the beautiful Renault Resort Winery. I have to tell you, the secret's out. And the secret is On Air Brands. On Air Brands Creative Agency, which specializes in launching podcasts, transforming live events into live streaming events, and social media marketing soup to nuts. On Air Brands has changed the game. There'll never be a day from here forward when you and I and our companies don't need to be on the air. Every brand needs to be on the air, but so few know that. So it's great to work with a group that are ahead of the curve and to find a company that has been built on the core foundation of the future of marketing. If you're ready to broadcast your brand like they've done for my brands, take the next step and make a change that can transform your business. Reach out to On Air Brands today. That's onairbrands.com. Yes, onairbrands.com.